Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Beer, Baseball, and Binds. It's been a, a little break here, but Steve and I are excited to be back. I'm Joe Catron, the, well, newly newly minted VP of Footprints at Yakima Chief Ranches. Oh, I liked your old uh, title a lot Director better. of Operations. Yeah. We'll stick with that one. All right. For this yeah. show, we will. And I'm Steve Carpenter. I'm the Chief Supply Chain Officer for Yakima Chief Hops. And uh, it's good to be back. We've got a special guest today with uh, Three Weavers Brewing in Inglewood, California. Uh, lab specialist Andy Monashagan. Did there I get that go. right, Andy? Was you got it. Enough? You got it. All right. Nailed it. And uh, Andy is a Dodgers fan, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, baseball, uh, a little bit about the beer that, uh, Andy, you were so kind to send us so we can kind of taste. Absolutely. Uh, I haven't taken a sip yet, but this expatriate has an amazing nose. I'm looking forward to, to trying that. And uh, we'll yeah. talk a little bit about uh, your L.A. Dodgers, who right on. be right off on. to a pretty, pretty good uh, start. And, uh, Man, I hope so. Yeah. They, uh, <laughs> of course, I, I don't think, you know, what are we? We're almost 20% through the season crazy, already. Huh? Yeah, uh, well, it depends on uh, depends on which team you are. Uh, some of them got 11, some of them have three. So. That's right. That's we, we know who was social distancing and who wasn't, right? Yes, yes, that has become very, uh, very uh, out in front there. Right. So uh, let's talk a little bit about Three Weavers to begin with. Uh, tell us a little bit about the brewery and uh, how you came to be the lab specialist there. Sure. Uh, we started brewing uh, in the summer of 2014. Um, our tasting room opened um, in the fall, and uh, I joined on as a bartender in the second week that the tasting room was open. Hmm. And uh, as we, you know, kept going and uh, growing a little bit, um, we needed help. Our uh, production team needed help uh, cleaning kegs, so I started coming in and doing that, and then. You know, we needed help uh, filling kegs, and so I started doing that. And then we needed help, um, you know, working on the bottle line that we had at the time and, uh, you know, doing some cellar work. So I started doing all those things, and it kind of just kept snowballing and snowballing. Um, and then towards the end of last year, we um, built out a, a small lab. And um, I was uh, lucky enough to uh, get to be the guy to um, start our little lab program. Wow. So that's basically um, all the all the things around the brewery uh, that one might need to do. I've I've had a hand in somewhere along the way. Well, one of the most valuable positions in baseball is utility infielder, and sounds to me yeah. like uh, that's your role, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> that's well, awesome. you know, I you know just trying to help out wherever I can. Yeah. Best ability is availability, is what they say. Yeah. Right. And then yeah, that's 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 always been something I've admired about the brewing industry and. Uh, just the the structure of the, of those businesses in general kind of lend itself to to people starting somewhere and working their way up and uh, you know you've all seen all sorts of success stories like that so that's cool to hear uh, your similar trajectory yeah well Andy uh, was yeah I mean it was a it was a you know a, just a dream to get on as a as a bartender I was a I was a beer geek and a and a home brewer just like a whole bunch of people and then it actually worked out so um, yeah I mean it was it's awesome I I love it yeah. Andy, you were kind enough to send us up some beer that we can uh, taste uh, over the course of the podcast here. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, the one that I poured, and believe it has an amazing nose. I haven't sipped it yet, but 
expatriate is that is that kind of your house ipa so yeah so we have a core uh stable of beers it's got five we've got five and that uh five beers in that in that core portfolio um but expatriate um pretty quickly um kind of gained a foothold and it's uh i don't know if it's exactly uh half of our production but it's a it's a good amount of our production Mm. so yeah and we love that one that one's a mosaic simcoe in el dorado yes that is i would describe it as your classic west coast ipa great beer Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, thank you a a lot of our ipas that we do around here kind of tend towards the uh west coast um variety and um you know it's just kind of expatriates kind of just led the way on that one Mm -hmm. no that's that's a great beer what are you drinking over there joe well, Steve, it's only three in the afternoon. I'm still at work, so I'm working on the day job over here, um, which I've had yep. before. And it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, Andy. I think this, this should get a new paint job. It's got a different little uh, different logo than I remember. Yeah, we uh, we kind of did a little bit of a refresh. Um, I think towards the beginning of this year, um, and then uh, <clears throat> so yeah, that one's Citra Idaho Seven and Strata. Um, and uh that one we really you know once we locked that in um yeah we really we really like that one if if there's a beer that i grab on any given day it's it's probably day job i was just gonna say that's when uh you know alex your director of brewing operations she's always been super yep. gracious and she comes up uh basically she says hi by the way oh awesome good well make sure and tell her hi when you get a chance but uh we'll do yeah, she's just a sweetheart. We lo- we love having her up here, but she's uh, always gracious enough to bring up some beers. Now that's day job's always nice, right? In the five and a half, you know, percent alcohol and something you can uh, crush real easily and uh, keep working. So, it's oh yeah, a, a great great name for it. Oh yeah, <laughs> works out pretty well. I I really like it. Uh, I I like, I'm a bit of a runner, so as soon as I'm done and I need a uh, a thirst quench, um, day job is my is my choice beverage. Really seems like a nice portfolio of beers, and you're you're using hops well. So we appreciate your your efforts. Um, and uh, we've got some. What is this? Light Trails. That is a West. That's Coast the one I'm IPA. working on right now. Okay, nice. And then of course you've got your Cloud City and your Dual Citizen, both hazy IPAs. Yep. Yep. And uh, yeah, looking forward to to get into those eventually yeah i haven't tried either of those ones yet i don't know if i'll get through all of them before i head out this afternoon uh, <laughs> i'll need to call a designated driver but uh uh what i've tasted so far is outstanding <clears throat> beer so congratulations on those so, much appreciated yeah let's talk a little baseball uh let's the season is going again uh it's uh in some cases it's almost 20 percent over with uh yep. if if you're a team that hasn't been uh hitting the ball on the screws in terms of social distancing. You've, you've got a ways to go to catch up, not uh, yeah, not yeah. to embarrass the uh, Miami Marlins. but uh, they, Or the Cardinals, the, last I saw. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're, uh, they're having uh, issues right now. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's just fun to watch, I tell you. I, I have missed it so much. And even though there's no fans and even though – it's just kind of weird to watch a baseball game. It's it's uh, very enjoyable. We're unfortunately, Andy, we're diehard Seattle Mariner fans up here. And hey, that's uh, all right. I grew up a Rangers fan. I totally get it. Yeah, <laughs> um, and you know we 
have had this what what they call it the autonomous zone in Seattle, and they shut it down. Yeah. And I think now T-Mobile Harp, uh, T-Mobile Park is our autonomous zone because yeah. we can't pitch, we can't hit the ball, we can't field the ball. <laughs> um, we've got in in baseball we call it the Michael Jackson syndrome where you're wearing one glove for no apparent reason oh right right yeah i thought so. you were gonna go somewhere along the lines of uh oh no, I, no oh my gosh i'm thinking of a totally different song i was thinking of mc hammers can't touch this uh, oh there you go <laughs> yeah. uh at the at the plate we're yeah. uh we're definitely young and uh those growing pains are readily apparent on the nightly broadcast but it is not like you said steve just a little bit of normalcy, yeah. being able to go home and eat dinner with your family, and then sit down, kind of watch some baseball, and decompress a little bit. I've, yeah. I've missed, uh, oh yeah, just that time, a kind of the, just a mindless time, really, but just enjoying some baseball and getting your mind off everything else. And yeah, uh, yeah the Mariners, the Mariners are struggling, but uh, the Dodgers are definitely loaded. What a time and, to uh, be a Dodger fan, man! You know, look yeah, at that, to uh, say um, to say there are some high expectations would be a bit of an understatement. <laughs> um, and you know, we've kind of started. Um, you know, we've had some highs and some lows uh, so far, but uh, with the depth on the roster, um, it definitely. Um, seems like we've got all the pieces uh required to make a to make a good run at this thing uh yet again but uh we really like the way it uh looks so far this year well you've got two recent mvps in the same outfield um Mm -hmm. and how's how's mookie betts doing he's he's got a he's what has he got a hand injury or something where he's so, yeah, day to day? Just the other day, he's got something going with his left hand. One of the fingers, I think, uh, um, became swollen. He wasn't sure why. Um, I think uh, last I heard, they had done some um, some uh, MRIs or uh, you know just to kind of check it out, but they haven't um, told anybody what's really going on yet. Yeah. So, but you know, he's a really, I got to say, uh, he's a really exciting player to watch. Um, and, uh, once we got him to that extension, that was, uh, one time where I was like, wow, that's, uh, that seems like the right amount of money to pay the guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm really glad we locked him up for the next 12 or 13 years. Yeah. No, that's exciting. And that pitching staff, the Dodgers, even when I was a young man, long time ago, the Dodgers always were known for their pitching going back to Sandy Koufax and Don Drysdale and all those guys. And uh, sure. uh, their farm system second to none as well. They've got deep, quite, deep. quite a cadre of rookies of the years over the years with the Dodgers. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, just the, the emphasis that they've put on development um, – certainly is uh, a really um you know just as a fan it's really appreciated because you know when somebody like mookie goes down obviously that's a that's a big hit um or uh so you know but somebody's right there to uh to take his place and um you know we had a tough loss to the to the padres last night but uh you know even in a tough loss we still score four runs we're still making plays when um you know when we need to most of the time um so yeah um the the farm system is super deep uh everybody it seems like every year there's somebody that comes up where you're just like wait who's this guy i want to know more about this guy so that's that's always really cool yep great pitching staff sound infield super good offensively and defensively in the outfield with uh peterson out there in left and mm-hmm. uh, bellinger in center 
Uh, it's it's just a good solid team, and then you got a guy like Chris Taylor, an ex Mariner, of course, who yep. was yep. absolutely horrible when we had him, and all of a sudden we trade him, and the next week he <laughs> looks like an all star. But uh, yeah, sorry good, about that. Sorry, good. he was an all star, wasn't he? I mean, was like, is this the same guy? <laughs> not for our team. No, not for us. And no. same with uh, same with Max Muncy, right? He, exactly. Uh, we we find the guys we who who have it somewhere in there, and we and we bring it out. Yep. And then you've got another pretty darn good outfielder in A.J. Pollock, who is uh, kind of – I think he's fit in the role of D.H. here for you you folks he in the is, National League. He kind of switches – he platoons back and forth with uh, with Jacques Peterson, um, kind of depending on uh, who is on the mound. Um, and, yeah, he, he had a kind of an up-and-down year last year. Um, but this year it seems uh, – He's really um, he's kind of turned a corner, or he found his place in the lineup, or, or something to that effect, because he's just doing so well. Um, really, um, kind of coming up with these clutch hits, and uh, yeah, we're really uh, we're really glad to have him. You know, it, he apparently had some personal things going on over the uh, over the off season. His daughter was born really premature, mm-hmm. um, but she's back home. She's healthy. Um, everybody's everything's going good for him, and it's it's kind of showing up. And uh, and his level of play. Yeah, no, he's a good human being too. I uh, I always go down to spring training, and uh, obviously it's not spring training with a la- at least one trip over to Camelback to watch a mm-hmm. a Dodgers game. And I, I had both a couple of my grandsons with me this year, and uh, they both got an AJ Pollock uh, right autograph on. baseball. So mm-hmm. very, very kind of him. I I always know they're special folks when they give the kids. Uh, an autograph baseball so sure sure um so in the pitching staff kershaw bueller had a pretty yep. decent start last night uh he gave up some he, solo home runs but yeah um well we're first we're really glad to have kershaw back he had a back thing um you know old man kershaw all 32 years mm-hmm. um or 33 <laughs> or something like that um but yeah so he was out on uh, opening day and he's been our opening day starter for like the last nine or 10 years. Um, but, uh, he didn't, um, he didn't get there this year, but he came back and his opening, uh, or his first, um, first outing went really well. So we're really happy about that. I think everybody was a little nervous if, um, if we were going to be working with a injured Kershaw or, you know, kind of some, uh, somebody's holding something back. Um, mm-hmm. but he seemed to have it. His velocity was up a couple notches. So that was really cool to see um bueller last year had kind of a slow start um and you know but he's got electric stuff that kid can throw gas like crazy sure um and so he's had a bit of a slow start um this year and his first two outings um he had some good pitches last night but he left some uh some breaking balls hanging and the padres uh padres caught him for it that's for sure yeah that's for sure and I know you've got also in the uh, arsenal, you've got David Price who opted out, right, due to Right, COVID yeah, concerns. he opted out um, uh, back in pretty pretty quick. Kind of uh, one of the first guys to do so, I think. Yeah, I... he was he was one of the first ones to do it, yeah. I don't remember exactly when that was. I mean, you know, last week feels like a year ago. Uh, but uh, he was pretty quickly um, uh, off off the roster. Do you, Andy or Joe, do you know if a if a player opts out and then your team makes the playoffs, can they opt back in if in their determination the pandemic's gone or they think they can be needed? Or is that a 
you do it now, you're out for the through the duration. I don't I, know. I don't know about the playoffs, but I think it was Nick Markakis uh, decided that he felt comfortable about how things were going um, and decided that he was going to come back in. Yep. I don't know if there's a, a deadline for that or anything, hmm. um, but that's certainly an interesting question. Yeah, I'm not sure either, Steve. That yeah. is a good question. Um, but, yeah, pretty amazing. With the, I mean, Dodgers are right off to a pretty good start, 7-4. and four. Um, but then the NL West just always seems to be a, a four or five way race there for some portion of the season. And, and it's off to the same start again now with, you know, everyone off to a, a hot start in the NL or in the yep. NL West, apparently. Um, so you guys are sitting there right in the middle, but I was just looking through some different stats. And I, I remember last year when the Mariners, we got off to a 13 and two start and me and Steve were looking at each other like, well, there goes our theory of, uh, pitching and defense winning championships because we were just <laughs> yeah. out slugging people and winning games in unorthodox ways and you know ultimately yeah, that, our, that little run <laughs> you guys had last year was amazing it was uh, pretty was wild yeah. and, and the whole time our run differential you know i think we were maybe plus one or we were in, in the negative somehow but we were winning all these games you had um, it when it counted though exactly so looking at run differential <laughs> yeah. this year in especially just in your guys' division you guys are plus 29 you're leading the major league baseball in run differential um, so like you said, you've had some of those big explosion games where that offense really comes and shows up and then a few there where, uh, where it kind of baseball tends to just even you out, but I just, it, yeah, I mean, it, when Corey Seager is your number six hitter, I mean, yeah. I yeah. would, I would certainly, <laughs> and he's hitting I would expect to see something, yeah, yeah, something like plus 29 seems about right when, when Seager's number six. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. And then, and then his brother, Kyle, you know, he's, he's obviously a stalwart for us. He's a, you sure. know, we respect the heck out of that guy. And, uh, yep. Plays a heck of a third base, but he's actually and he's notorious for getting off to it, hitting 189 for the first month yep. and a half. And so I think this late start's kind of helping that old guy too, because he's hitting over 300. So both yeah. Seager brothers are hitting the ball well, well right now. But here's the story of the two Seager brothers: Corey is definitely the better of the two. He's batting six for the Dodgers, and Kyle's batting number three for the Mariners. So right. that tells a little bit of a story there. I think he was even batting cleanup last night or over the weekend on one game. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, you know, this is the first year in a while that Corey has been injury free Mm -hmm. for an extended period of time. It was the first time through off season in a while that he hasn't had to deal with some kind of rehab. Um, So, you know, we, you know, the Dodger faithful knew that that rookie of the year player was there somewhere, um, but he was just being held back. You know, he had Tommy John surgery. I think he's got some hip thing going on. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's really exciting to, uh, to see, uh, to see him come back and to, to just really go for it. And, you know, I mean, when you're, when your sons are, uh, are both doing that well, I mean, uh, how would you, I mean, I just, I would imagine that as a parent, that would feel pretty awesome, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, really fun to see, uh, to, I, I know for sure. I mean, I, that, uh, it's really fun to see Seager, uh, get all sorts of doubles and, um, just, you know, just drive the ball all over the field. Yep. So in the interest of full disclosure here, I, you know, I grew up a Giants fan because I'm old enough, oh. I'm old enough oh, where the, the, uh, the, the, the weren't around, they right? weren't, yeah. they weren't around back there when I was a boy, but, uh, San Francisco was the closest geographically, and they had this young center fielder by the name of Willie Mays, I think was his name. And uh, so I right, right, a virtual unknown. You couldn't, <laughs> you couldn't help but become a fan. And but I got to tell you, I was down there a few years ago for a game, and uh, 
we were there in the summer with some friends, just a little long weekend vacation type thing in San Francisco. And, and so I, I'm thinking we've got to go see a game. I mean, they've got a statue mm-hmm. of my hero out there in front of the ballpark. we got to go. And it was raining. And so we waited and waited and waited to see if the game was going to be played. And then finally we just went and we both, my friend and I bought ponchos before, you know, a little store, a little hardware store right before we got to the ballpark. And we didn't think about it. We just bought these ponchos to keep ourselves dry. Well, they happened to be powder blue in color. Yikes. And I don't know how many times <laughs> oh, man. I had to endure uh, you blankety-blank Dodger fans. What are you doing here? This isn't a Dodger you know. <laughs> I'm, you know yeah, I, the rivalry I, is intense. It, it runs is. deep, yeah. <laughs> it does. And uh, I found out uh, firsthand experience that that was the case. But uh, that's what makes the sport fun is the rivalries, you know, whether it's the Red Sox and Yankees or Dodgers and Giants and um, I mean, that's a rivalry that goes clear back to uh, when both teams were in New York. Sure, uh, sure. Uh, New York and Brooklyn way back. So uh, that's one of the well, fun things. I got to say, I mean, growing up a Rangers fan and seeing the Giants beat the Rangers in the World Series <laughs> already made me predisposed <laughs> against helped. the Giants. And uh, so when I moved out here and I needed a team, the Dodgers were a natural choice. Yeah. Um, and also the Angels are in the – AL West and routinely play against the Rangers. Um, yep. So my mom wouldn't let me be an Angels fan. Um, so, uh, I mean, that, that rivalry uh, pushed me right towards the Dodgers. Well, and uh, just to show what rivalries do and memories are long, um, if there's anything close to a little baseball brawl this year in the COVID era, it was the uh, the Astros and the Dodgers the oh, other man. night. That was uh, crazy kind of game. fun to watch. And you got you got to <laughs> be proud of your boys. Just that was that game was on the edge of a knife the whole way through. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yep. uh, man, um, and you know I was I was watching that, and um, I happened to be on uh, baseball Twitter at the same time, just because I I was just curious to see what everybody was saying. And you know, as soon as Joe Kelly uh, made that face uh, towards uh, Correa. Um, it was, it was, uh, he became a Dodgers legend in that one moment, you know, yeah. and there were shirts already being sold within five minutes of the thing. And uh, it was just a really sort of, um, uh, it was, man, that was a really intense moment. Um, and I, I got to say, you know, I, obviously I don't want to see anybody uh, get hurt or, or fight or anything like that, but, um, it was just as a Dodgers fan, you, you see somebody kind of sticking up for you a little sure. bit and you just, well, and, you know, kind of, it, it does feel pretty, pretty cool to see somebody. I mean, he wasn't even on the team yeah, at he the was, time. He was a Red uh, Sox, wasn't he? Yeah. He was on so, the Red yeah, Sox. Yeah. Yeah. He was on the Sox at the time. Uh, but you know, just to see somebody, um, standing up cause you know, I, I guess it depends on which team you're a fan of, but, uh, you know, the punishment for whatever they were doing, um, and the Astros dug out in the, in the clubhouse was, uh, kind of made you scratch your head a little bit. So, yeah, you know, I, it, it was, a, it was just a really intense game. And, um, I, 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 I stood on the edge or I, I was sitting on the edge of my seat the entire time, just waiting. I just felt like something was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. and, there, and there you go. And he makes that legendary, uh, uh, sad face. Yeah. <laughs> we, it was, it was pretty satisfying. I gotta say. <laughs> well, especially, I mean, the way, you know, obviously you don't have to rehash it all, but just the way Manfred's handled the whole thing, uh, coupled with, 
obviously COVID and then not the Astros not really having to face <laughs> the music, you know, in any of the opposing yeah. ballparks and not any of the opposing fans. And it was something where, you know, we, we opened the season with them. And of course our, our Mariners are not going to be the ones that go stand up for ourselves. So we took, we took three <laughs> out of four, you know, a lot or dropped three out of four again, of course. And, um, went out and, and played competitive baseball, but, um, it was nice to see a little retribution. And, you know, in this day and age, it's like, we're trying to, cleave out more barbaric things and definitely antiquated things out of culture. And I understand that, but, uh, it's, it's baseball, man. There, there's still that part of where you, know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, uh, I guess pay, pay the price there. Oh, and you gotta, listen, you gotta face the music. Yeah. It's old. Yeah. School. I mean, those, uh, those ball players will take justice in their own hands if they feel like they need to. Um, it's yeah. I mean, I gotta say, you know, I see as an Astro, as a as a Dodgers fan, seeing the Astros, uh, I I, I uh, have actively looked for replays of them striking out, and that felt pretty good. I gotta say, <laughs> we we had a podcast earlier in the year with uh, St. Arnold's out of Houston. Sure, and, sure. Uh, yeah, Joe and I yep, were thinking, I heard that one. God, should we? Should we have a garbage can and kind of bang it in the background? <laughs> nah, let's not do that. We, we need these folks to buy hops from us. So, uh, but yeah, it's fun. Uh, let's hey, let's talk a little bit about hops. We haven't worked that in sure. yet, Joe. I mean, I know mm-hmm. some of our listeners like to hear about uh, um, our uh, hop crop and how it's uh, progressing. And uh, it's the first part of August. I know we've just been through some hot weather, but yep. how do things look out there to you, Joe? Yeah, we definitely have just uh, just kind of weathered our first real hot streak where, you know, it's always it's going to come at some point, uh, in Yakima at least. And so we hit triple digits last week, and, um, you know, it is what it is. I think the, the plants weathered through it, and we're getting close enough now to harvest that uh, the crop's pretty much set out there. Uh, we've been getting there. I know Steve and uh, some other of our colleagues in the procurement team have been getting out and doing uh, some of our first uh, crop reports. And uh, things are, you know, really initially after that difficult spring, things really came on in the summer, and um, I'm 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 encouraged. I think things are going to get back, not, maybe not quite back to a full like a nice, you know, not a full bumper crop, but it's going to be closer to average than we were than we were thinking earlier. So yeah, some of the hot variety are a little more susceptible to the hot weather during bloom. Yep, and uh, the bloom set won't be quite what we were hoping, but uh, it's not a disaster by any chance, and. Uh, We'll know better uh, here in a couple weeks, yep. but uh, so far so good on some of the key varieties that uh, you folks need to make great beer. So uh, we're, we're optimistic at this point. Yep. Water situation's great. Uh, it's just a matter of finishing that crop off, keeping them clean from the powdery mildew and the, the mites and the aphids, and uh, we're just starting down the home stretch. So. Um, yeah, we're excited, man. It's uh, just over the last couple of days as well. Curtis and I got around and uh, checked out a lot of the the HBCs that are coming along. So a lot of those experimentals in the pipeline um, that we're excited about, and and things are really encouraging in that respect too. After a tough baby year, kind of across the board for uh, every hop, you know, in the Northwest. Um, so this year it's nice to see some of those experimentals um, expressing and, and showing their full potential as uh, potential brands in the future. Um, so. That was cool to see, and, and yeah, looking forward to over the next couple of weeks getting getting those pre-harvest activities and meetings lined up with all of our growers and starting to pull dry matters and uh, evaluate ripeness, and so it's it's getting closer and closer. Yep. Andy, have we had you up here to Yakima recently? I have uh, been up for um, – uh, 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 I, have, I have been up there 
once a couple years ago. Uh, it kind of rotates around the production crew uh, who gets to go up there with Alex for selection. Um, but uh, yeah, for selection. Yeah. So my uh, my time came up a couple years ago, and I, I certainly hope to get up there as soon as I can again because that was just an incredible experience. Yep. Uh, you know, just you know, we uh, we you know we see him as pellets here, uh, but when you kind of can connect it to where it you know where it all begins and and just kind of how it all works it, it just it brings in a new dimension to it that's that's um, great to hear andy because that you know that's really the reason we exist is to make that connection between you folks and uh, our growers up here who take a lot of pride in in what they do and uh, obviously this year with covid we made the decision to do our best to bring the harvest to you instead of bringing you to the mm-hmm. harvest so mm-hmm. um just had a quick meeting talking about virtual harvest and all the things we've mm-hmm. got planned. Uh, so hopefully it's just a one-year hiatus and we can we can get all of our friends back up here uh, next harvest for for the real deal. But uh, absolutely. Uh, so looking forward to that. So well, hey, I think we're up against our thirty minutes. But Andy, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we learned. Thank a you lot. for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, uh, great luck. Keep making great beer there at Three Weavers, and and whether you're watching baseball or brewing beer, we wish you nothing but good hops. Hey, thank you very much, and same to you guys. Andy, appreciate your time, sir. Take care. Hey, thank you. All right, stay safe. Same to y'all.